previously on Just Cow in the City. And that is what Professor Just Cow will bring to the table. Hey, Crystal, what the hell? You, you missed my favorite line in the show. You blew the lid off the case. And then the Mets game was on Apple TV, which I don't have. Then don't listen to the podcast anymore. How about that? You gotta be kidding me. I just spent $50. I will not eat in front of people. Ha-cha, just got in the city. Everybody's here looking good and pretty. Been down, isn't it a pity? Trying to make things looking bright and chippy. All around, people seem crazy. Walking around trying not to be lazy. But at night, it's a different place. Making it work in your own space. Come on, come on and dance all night. I'm here each week, it'll be alright. Cause it's just Gow in the city. Cause it's just Gow in the city. Cause it's just Gow in the city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Just Gow in the City. I'd forgotten the name of the podcast already. <laughs> and that's not, I don't think I got drunk last night, but I don't remember. No, I mean, I do remember. I remember everything. I just, I think I'm just losing my mind and I'm getting old or something. And this is Just Cow in the City. My name is Dave Just Cow and welcome to another fantastic podcast, June 21st edition. I know the, always the dates in June because they're all 7, 14, 21, 28, as we talked about last week. It's terrific. So I know this is coming out Tuesday, June 21st, recording on Sunday, Juneteenth, I believe. Uh, early in the morning. It's a beautiful day here in New York City, but it is quite chilly, which was really annoying last night as the couple days before, you know, it's 90 and then all of a sudden it's 50. And that is where I think my throat is a mess. And, uh, you know, that kind of temperature change always messes me up. So we'll see how far I can go without having some sort of spasm or whatever. But I have my coffee and I'm ready to go and I feel pretty good. And I want to regale you with stories of what happened this week in the life of one young man. <laughs> I still like saying it that way. Named David Jeskow. I think of myself as a small boy growing up at a small station in Fresno, California. And now I'm doing Ted Baxter from the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Yes, because what is a good Jeskow in the City episode or a Billy Joel A to Z podcast, as everybody knows, who combines both shows? Uh, then a 70s reference from Dave Juskow. You're welcome, America. But yes, as growing up as a small boy in Edison, New Jersey, that's the way I picture myself many times. So I still can't believe I'm an old man. Look at me. I'm an old man. I've still got my hair. Marty, this is a portable television studio. It's fantastic. No idea a president has to be an actor. He has to look good on television. Huh? Huh? Now bringing in the 80s references? Boy, if I can hit a 90s reference, I'm telling you, this is going to be a hell of a show you people are in store for today. Am I right or am I right? Well, where to begin today? I think I would have begin with, began with Friday if I had woken up early to do a Saturday. And of course, that's never going to be a problem starting at about three weeks or two weeks when I have to start working on Saturdays and Sundays. Still hasn't happened yet. Now, yes, I did go to my job. My brand new job. I've been there three days this week now. So I guess we'll just, well, no, you know what? Uh, mm, no, you know what? I, I left off some stuff from last week I want to talk about, but let's start fresh. Let's start with this week. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll start with this week and I'll, I'll explain everything afterwards. 
So I'm just going to, you know, just start off with Monday, the fact that it just sucked, knowing full well I have to go to work and now I have to be a, what do you call it, a, a productive member of society all of a sudden, being a, a leech off the social working system for three years. So I was a little worried. And then Tuesday, of course, was the last breakfast for me and Nick Griffin, which was very sad. But, you know, I was coffeeed up, so I was feeling pretty good. I'm like, hey, it's all going to work out. And then, you know, the next day is horrible. Next, And we we do the show, you know, the Tuesday show, which was great and super fun. And this week's Tuesday show, or tonight, is at 7 o'clock. Although I didn't need to make it 7. I think my hours are normal. But I, I, I don't know. It is at 7 maybe i'll tone it back i don't know i I hate to tell everybody at seven and then probably nobody will remember anyway maybe we'll just do a two-hour show i don't know whatever most of the time it's going to be at six i don't want to get hung up on that so wednesday was my first day at another awful job and let me say when i say awful now i've been there three days a law firm downtown over by the statue of liberty and trust me i know i live in manhattan I work in Manhattan, I play in Manhattan, and Manhattan isn't very large, but it's not easy to get around because there's just a lot of people and a lot of traffic and a lot of nonsense, so, you know, if something is five miles away, which in any other town would be normal and close, uh, that's very far away. You know, I had to be there at 9 o'clock. And, and before that, I'm going to have to be there at 8 o'clock. <laughs> and, and remember, I chose these hours. So that is all on me. I cannot complain to anyone. I wanted to be finished for, oh, in case I have a performance. So that'll happen. <sighs> so I got to work. I, I never talked to anybody for two weeks. I'm like, I guess I'll just show up. I'll pull a George Costanza. I'll just show up. And I did, and everything was fine. And fortunately, I walked. I mean, so I have to take the subway downtown. Now I'm taking the subway. It's so funny. Two years I went without taking the subway. And I mean, now I take it all the time. Now I'm on the subway all the time. And am I nervous? Yeah, because mostly when I'm going to work at normal hours, that's when shit happens. That's when they blow up the World Trade Center. That's when they, they're gunmen on the subways. It's always during the morning rush hour. And now I'm part of that. But fortunately, I think I'll be a lot earlier normally. But if you're going somewhere to get somewhere at nine, that's when the terrorists like to attack. So is that in my head? You're damn right it's in my head. Now, I've been very lucky. The subways, for some reason, haven't been crowded. I guess nobody's really going back to work. Or if it's summer, I don't know what the story is, but I've gotten a seat every day. Except for Wednesday when I got off the wrong entrance because I lost my mind and forgot where I was going. I take like the, the, the four or five train and it's an express. So it's like five stops. And I wasn't depressed because I thought I would be because I remember from the 80s just working down in that air, working at the World Trade Center and being very depressed. So I'm like afraid all these feelings are going to come up again. I mean, look at me. It just never ends. I always have to go to an office and I know everybody does. But, you know, I do live a, a, a strange lifestyle where I see these wonderful things happen and, uh, you know, then I got to be a regular Joe. So I don't know. Maybe I'm not. I'm, yeah, am I complaining? Yes. But this is what I do. What, what do you want me to do? You like the podcast because of this, right? Anyway. So I go down and uh, 
it's it's very nice down there. I mean, I got to say, it's it's lovely. There's a beautiful. I mean, you know, the first day I took some pictures. You see the bonus show this week. I'm I'm really right at the Statue of Liberty. It's very nice this time of the year. Oh boy, in the winter it's going to be gross because it's so windy down there, and my hair does not hold up in the wind. You know, I have a comb over technically, and the I don't even know whether you'd call it technically. You know, when I put it the back, it there's lots of strands that come up and look like I have a toupee which I put on Instagram the other day. I'm like, hey, come to Asbury Park, and we're performing outside. Watch my toupee fall off, because that's what it seems like. It's very embarrassing, but I guess I just came to look at it like, well, I still have some hair, and that's the way guys think. So so I got there very early, and you know, because I wanted to be on time. I was like, I'll get there 15 minutes early, and then as soon as I walked in, the guy's like, uh, oh, hello, sir. Welcome to the firm. You know, they were very nice. Can I just say, there has not been one douchebag I have met yet. It's all very nice people that worked. I haven't, I've, I mean, it's been a lovely time in the sense that the people I am working with are nothing but nice. And here's the funniest part. I haven't met one dude. It's all women. All the men have been canceled. It's like... um it's like the Godfather 2 in Sicily, where all the men have been uh, killed by vendettas. It's, it's exactly that same scenario. I'm living out the Godfather 2. I am um, I'm, I'm Vito. I'm the last dude left, and of course he had to flee. So <laughs> all the men are dead from vendettas or, so, or cancellation. It's only women. In a way, a dream scenario for Dave Juskow. Uh, on the flip side of that, danger, <laughs> uh, considering the way I uh, got fired from my last job. <laughs> but um, no, it's very nice. And I keep telling the women I work with, I'm like, well, I'm so used to having women bosses, female bosses. I mean, since the 80s, I've just always had female bosses. I'm so used to it. It doesn't bother me in the least. I've always been, I've always, <sighs> this is why I'm such a strange person in many ways maybe maybe why people think i'm gay or whatever i've just always had a close relationship with women in my whole life and i'm I'm gonna guess it stems from this simple fact which a lot of guys don't do i first of all i hated doing guy stuff like i didn't want to join boy scouts it was stupid of course i didn't want to join little league but you had to back then if you were a man or a quote man so the the issue was that my mother, my sister rather, had ballet, I guess, or something, and couldn't drive me to Hebrew school, which was two days a week, on a certain day when all the boys went. All the boys went on Monday and Thursday because they had Cub Scouts or Boy Scouts the other days. And my mother said, it's easier for me to take you on Wednesdays and Saturdays when all the girls go which is t- technically devastating to say to a boy, but I'm like, that sounds fine. I don't want to be in Boy Scouts anyway. I, I just want to be in musical theater. <laughs> so, I mean, I knew all these girls from elementary school and everything too, so it was no big deal. I mean, these were my girl friends from growing up. So I always liked all of them. I never had any problems. So I was more than happy to go on Wednesdays and Saturdays, except for the fact of missing Saturday morning cartoons on Saturdays. You know, that was the only problem because you know how I love all those except when Hanna-Barbera started making those awful ones really it didn't matter anymore but the point is that's what I would do 
I would travel in carpools with girls. I'd go to uh, classes with only girls. And um, I guess I just learned to get along with girls as friends, which could be ultimately a complete deterrent in my life as maybe that's the reason I'm not married. I don't know. I get in the friend zone a lot because it, uh, that's what I learned to do in these uh, early formative year scenarios, which is interesting. But the girls all love me. and Nobody thought I was gay or anything. You know, just I, I would sometimes I remember uh, one of the classes, you know, because I was always funny, I guess. I was shy, but funny. With the girls, I, I, I could be less shy. And it could be funny. And I remember I was, I remember exactly it was, um, maybe it was in junior high. I used to write pictures of the, uh, uh, <laughs> I couldn't do this anymore, the village people. And I was talking about the Indian chief who you could see, like he would wear these, this short, like uh, shorts or something. And you could see his testicles. And when you're in, when you're 12 or 13, you know, you laugh at that kind of stuff. And then I draw photos of the outline of his balls. <laughs> Which I guess today I would get in trouble, but the girls thought it was hilarious. And it was. Maybe we were younger. I can't remember, but that's what I would do. I would travel around with girls. And hence, you know, that leads to being friends for a long time with Sarah Silverman or or Rachel or Marina. You know, it is funny. I mean, I work with girls, women, all the time. They're my bosses. I open for Marina on Friday. That makes her my boss. I open for Sarah a lot. That makes her my boss. You know, when I'm working for them, otherwise we're friends. It doesn't flow over. But, you know, when I work for Rachel, I'm like, you're the boss today. And that's the way I look at it. It doesn't bother me. So this is very natural for me to work with a bunch of women that are my bosses. It doesn't, I never feel emasculated in any sense. Um, I'm emasculated anyway by the job, which again, I think I've told you, which is when I was a legal secretary in the 90s, being a man legal secretary, I was never emasculated because, you know, I was like, I'm already, a, I'm a secretary. What are you going to do? You know, like it, it just didn't bother me getting coffee and stuff because I'm like, well, this is what secretaries do. It's, it was more, and, and I don't know what the word is, I guess, to, demeaning for women to get coffee because they want to be taken seriously. And I was like, well, nobody's going to take me seriously as a male secretary. So I, I guess I've just had women like positions and jobs I, I i don't know it's interesting right but i'm i'm i, I nobody ever thought it was gay so it, it doesn't it, who, it doesn't really matter now if they do or not it doesn't it just doesn't matter it's just another piece of the puzzle i think so that's what certainly you know i'm doing a lot of reflecting a lot of reflecting at this job because i'm like why do i keep ending up at jobs why can't i make things work it's sad so the first day I go in, they put me in this training room with this beautiful view of New York City because my office isn't going to have any windows because they don't put people like me you know, in window stuff. And this unbelievable you know, place, and I'm just sitting there by myself going over some stuff because everybody's uh, remoting in. It's just me in this big room. And then I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, "What? Well, this is it. Huh? This is how it ends. You know, I- I'm getting reflective. Because uh, how else am I not supposed to? Yeah, I mean, you just sit there and you're like, what happened to my life? I mean, I'm sitting there by myself. I got to stay there. I can't leave early. It's not like my last job where I was in charge and I would come and go as I please. And, you know, come in at, at noon and leave early or whatever. As long as I got the job done here, it's different. It is a check-in and check-out. Like, a, like I think there's a punch clock. Not a punch clock, but, you know, they check on that stuff.
So what are you going to do? I was getting pretty upset, almost in tears, because it was sad. But I wore a suit. I just remember I was thinking, what, what do I wear? And I want to make, you know, a good impression. I want to start wearing nicer clothing. And I did end up wearing a suit, no tie, but just a suit. And I met all these people. And then I had, um, oh, oh, and they have that cafeteria. And they give out a menu every day. I've taken pictures. Again, on the bonus show, you will see these pictures. I take a menu, a picture of the menu. Remember, it's free breakfast, free lunch. So I, what did I have the first day? I, I'm trying not to eat the bad stuff because, you know, then I have to work more. So I don't want any stomach issues. I mean, I want to eat stuff that's amazing. Like the first day they had crab macaroni and cheese. And I'm like, I cannot have that. And I will tell you because I had it yesterday and I had trouble getting home. More on that later. But because, hey, coming up on Just Care of the City, another diarrhea story. But I uh, ate with the lady who's in charge of like, uh, I don't know, floor. she's really nice. She's from Staten Island. She's hilarious. And we had lunch together. And it was nice. And she usually doesn't have lunch. But, um, you know, it was nice to have lunch. Was, oh, the cafeteria is beautiful. The, the, it's uh, in a sense of uh, no one's there. No one's in the office. You know what I'm saying? I'm, no, no one comes to work. So it's just lots of room and spacious. And uh, yeah, I was worried, you know, am I going to be able to find a seat? I mean, it's very much like high school. You know, who do you sit with or whatever? I just uh, and the, 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 the view is spectacular and they have CNN playing or TV, whatever. And, you know, it was nice. So I don't know. It was kind of pleasant. Uh, there wasn't a, a horrible day to spend the first day. And then. And then I went home and I, I walked, I walked, I said, you know, this is a beautiful day. It's a little muggy, but I'm going to walk home and it's 5.1 miles. I have a, a, you know, my phone clocks in how many miles I go and then shows it on Google maps, 5.1. And then I even went a little bit further so I could go to TJ Maxx. I said, I'm going to go to TJ Maxx. So somebody told me the other day, why don't you go to TJ Maxx and get some shirts? And I'm like, I'm not going to shop at TJ Maxx when I'm an asshole. But I decided to go there and I actually found a perfect shirt. Because I, I knew I maybe, I, you know, I, I'm having trouble because I'm tucking in my shirts. I haven't had to tuck in my shirts for three years. And yes, I mean, uh, could I lose, tend to lose weight? Of course, you know, my belly's big like any man my age mostly. And, uh, you know, I, I usually leave them open and wear black because it's very slimming looking. But I want, but now I got to tuck in. So I didn't want to wear a jacket again. So I'm like, well, let me see if I can find something that's going to look, you know, somewhat okay. And I found this beautiful blue shirt. It was like 14 bucks. And I bought it. I couldn't even believe it. I'm like, uh, if this fits the way it's supposed to, then this could be okay. I got home and I'm like, wow, this is going to work. I didn't take out the tags yet, but I'm like, this is going to work. And then also I went even back to the pizza place. I went back a couple of blocks even after all that walking and I got some pizza because I got to figure out how I'm going to work dinner because it looks like I'm having these big lunches. But the next day I go back to work and, you know, I'm pretty much planning on taking the Revel scooters, but right now I'm just taking the subway there. And, you know, when I have time taking walking or biking back, but the next day I go and then they had, they had a choice of, <laughs> for lunch, this is the most important part of the podcast. <laughs> the menu came out the day before, so I was excited. They had veal scallopini, but what I didn't see is they also had sea bass, which is a, kind of my favorite fish. And uh, I'm like, damn it, I had the veal scallopini in my head. That, like I'm talking to the women in my 
uh, department. I'm like, but I had visions of veal scallopini all night. They're like, well, you could change it. I'm like, no, you you would think that. So uh, back in the training room, and, I, and then this uh, woman who's in the IT department, this girl, Chloe, uh, you know, I met her my first day, and she's been, like, kind of training me, and we, like, really hit it off. I mean, she's, like, really, really nice and cool, and uh, she's like, do you mind if I take off my top? All right, that came out the wrong way, but uh, <laughs> she's like, I have tattoos, and I'm like, I, I don't care. She's like, oh, I think they think it was unprofessional. I'm like, I, I don't. I don't know at this point why people would think anything is unprofessional at this point, but uh, yeah, we got to sit in that room together and have a good time, and then um, and then but then I went to lunch that day, and I and I this I'm like I knew I was eating by myself, so I had the veal scallopini because I couldn't wait, and they oh and the guy that works there oh and I had a salad, it's all free, so I got a salad like you get the salad, and then the guy puts in the mix-ins, the guy who puts in the mix-ins. It was like, hey, it's Nicolas Cage. You got Nicolas Cage here today. And I'm like, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it. It's fun working here. Uh, so he thought that was funny. There's just two people that work in the cafeteria. I think it used to be completely different pre-COVID, but whatever. And they have desserts. And you, you know, sodas, the only thing they don't have is like juice. They don't have iced tea. They don't have orange juice in the morning. Oh, so that's right. I got there in the morning. And I got there for and I got oatmeal and coffee. But see, I like oatmeal and a little orange juice, but I had oatmeal. So I'm trying now I'm gonna be able to eat a little healthier, or at least a little more more balanced. And that's why I gotta figure out the nighttime. At least three days a week. That's all you ask for. And then a five mile walk home? Are you kidding me? I'm gonna waste away. It's gonna look like I got AIDS in about six months. Am I right, folks? How are ya? I said that at the firm. They didn't find it funny at all. You imagine these guys? <laughs> hey, by the time I leave here, I'm going to look like I got AIDS, right? I'll let myself out. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it was, oh, my God, it was so, and I and I just sat my phone, and I think I watched Aaron Brockovich, and that was what was on the phone for free with my headphones, and I had a lovely lunch, and I think I maybe went outside for a little bit. That's right. I think there was a band outside. Uh, again, I took some photos, all for the bonus show. There's a band outside. They were playing music from the 1930s, I guess, welcoming me in. from. Uh, they, they said, well, we assume that was an error you're familiar with. And I'm like, ha, ha, ha. Uh, thank you so much. And, you know, again, it, it wasn't a bad day. It's not a, it's not a horrible day. They're nice people. But uh, what are you going to do? It sucks. And then I walk home again. I walked home again. Yeah, my shirts are all sweaty by the time I get home, but that's all right. I hang them up a little bit. They bring them to be dry cleaned. Everything's going to be all right. I walked home again. It was fascinating. 5.1 miles. And, oh, that day was classic because I found out that June 22nd show at Gotham, I canceled it. Yeah, I canceled it. And yeah, I still, And I wasn't depressed about it. I canceled it because the owner called me. He goes, dude, we have no ticket sales. I'm like, that's because you just put up the thing last week because of this stupid fucking flyer. So much trouble with the goddamn flyer. We know about the show two months. So the only embarrassment was calling my the people I somewhat know because it's the second time it's canceled. So forget that. I can't book any shows anymore until I get back to some form of status. So I didn't even care. And I was kind of happy because I had a feeling it wasn't going to work. And so I canceled the show. Ugh. It was just more embarrassment than anything else. Just embarrassment. Who cares? I'm glad it was canceled. I don't know. Something about working with this girl was bothering me. 
It was really frustrating. Just with the Flyers, with the Flyers. I'm like, you can't. You just paid a guy a hundred dollars in this day and age to make a fucking flyer, and he can't get it right, and we can't get it up there. And it, and I said, well, because the guy from Gotham was like, we need to make it consistent. I'm like, well, why can't you make it consistent like the other ones you have up there every day? I don't understand what the fuck was happening over there. So I don't know if it's ever going to work out at Gotham. I don't know. I don't know. It's really annoying. All I want to be is back at the cellar. It's so frustrating. But anyway, I walked home again, stopped for pizza on the way back because it's just easier, and then, you know, hung out. And now what I do, I guess I eat and, you know, I do my routine and then, you know, hang out on the couch for a little bit, watch TV. I mean, you know, this time, you know, and I fall asleep for a while. And then I think on Tuesday or Monday when I fell asleep, or Wednesday rather, right, I fell asleep, I, I was chattering. My teeth were chattering like as if I had, as they injected me with the COVID that time. Because I guess from walking that much and then it was a little breeze outside, I guess, I don't know. I remember I was dreaming, but my teeth were chattering and I couldn't stop it. But I guess I slept for a while. And then I get up and actually do some work like I was doing. But, you know, I just try and go to bed a little earlier because I have to wake up so early. I have to wake up at 5.30, 6 o'clock. I mean, this is insane. And yet there's something very entertaining about it. I, I, I don't know why. Because on Friday, the cleaning lady was coming, so I had to wake up early and get the house set for her. And then, of course, I had a show. So then I was really uptight, you know, waking up at 6 and then doing a show at 9 at night after a full day of work and trying commuting in the Jersey. You know, I was really uptight. But so anyway, I go to work that day, and I'm wearing uh, the black shirt I'm going to wear for the show and, and regular pants. And I'm going to change in the bathroom. And this time, and so it was beautiful. I met this woman who I guess is going to be my boss on the weekends. Turns out her husband is a comic as well who I've never heard of. But so she knows all the comics I know and everything. So it's great. And I told her what I was doing. And she goes, actually, there's a handicapped bathroom that's perfect for you. (laughs) And I'm like, do tell. Because I was worried. I, I bought a steamer with me. That girl, Kate Herman, remember that really pretty girl who is such a bitch, uh, gave me this little portable steamer. It's completely changed my life around. I have to thank her again. Like, I've used it multiple times now. This time, I put it in my backpack so I could steam, you know, because when I'm tucking in the shirts, they're going to get wrinkled when I wear them out. It was always, That was the problem with, you know, wearing a shirt that I wore to work. Now I'm not going to have the problem, but where can I plug it in? But this handicap stall was perfect. I was able to hang everything up. There was a socket right there, and I completely steamed the shit out of my shirt. I even steamed my jeans because they were wrapped up in a ball all day. It was fantastic. I mean, that was really convenient, and if I can be able to do that all the time, then, boy, that's going to be a huge difference. So, yeah, I was, like, pretty happy about that. And I figured it out, and then I, they let me work 8.30 to 4.30 that day so I could catch an earlier train to Asbury Park. Because the plan was this woman, Lois, who I might have mentioned before, she's Irish, and she was always talking about everybody dying. We always make fun of her all the time. And she's like, Dave, I'm going to bring you some scones. I'm going to bring you some scones. And so anybody that listens to the Billy Joel A to Z podcast who listens to this show as well knows how obsessed we are with scones because Alon always writes scones into his parody, and we've been making fun of it since the inception of the Billy Joel podcast over a year ago. But this woman, 
this Irish woman's always like, Dave, I'm going to bring you some scones. I'm just going to leave one to Dorman for you. And I'm like, I don't need any goddamn scones. Because one, she bought me one once and it was delicious. I'm like, and like then I'm going to get you some more. It's, it's like that Albert Brooks movie. Like, do you like a pasta? I'm going to bring you three pounds of pasta. I'm like, no, it's not necessary. I'm going to bring you a pie for every day you're here. Do you like a shrimp? I'm going to bring you a shrimp that's so fresh. They come out and bite you in the nose. How many days you looking at, eh? Nine. Ooh. You like a pie? I love pie. I like you. I'm going to bring you nine pies to take with you. A pie for every day. Oh, don't eh? do, I don't want to take any pie. Hey, hey, it's my pleasure. Don't worry about it. They'll keep. Don't do it. Don't really. Dig in, eh? All right, but don't bring me anything. This is fun. Uh, from the movie uh, Defending Your Life. Anyway, I think we've talked about it before, but sometimes I don't remember if I've talked about it on this show or the Billy Joel show, since now I play clips on both shows. Because that is what I like to do. So, where the hell was I? <laughs> I get distracted all the time. Right, I'm talking about this girl, Lois. Dave, oh, and the people that die and everybody's she's going to death story because that's her job. She like takes care of dying people. like She works in a hospice-like department or something, right? So everything's about death, and Marina and I make fun of her all the time. But she loves driving Marina to give gigs. She loves driving Marina to gigs. So they would have driven me, but you know, Marina lives up in Harlem. I'm all the way down at the Statue of Liberty. You think five miles, or that's like 10 miles. I think the whole city is 12 miles, so that's probably about 10 miles. So I'm like, well, I'll take the train because I think I'm going to be delayed. You guys are leaving early because of uh, summer shore traffic. I'm going to take the train. It's going to be perfect. I got it all figured out. I'm going to take the subway to Penn Station. I left right on time. I'm going to catch a 529 to Long Branch. My friend Dave Elliott's going to pick me up at Long Branch. I could have gone to Asbury Park, but it's easier to go to the, all the trains go to Long Branch. He's going to pick me up. We're going to spend some time together, and he's coming to the show anyway. And then, uh, you know, we'll go to the show. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's like it, it's, the train had an old fashioned pull chain toilet. It's per- somebody could place a gun in there. So I get to Penn Station in plenty of time. I'm like, do, 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 do. Everything is timed out perfect. There's a, tr- there's a strike. Yeah, the uh, train conductors are striking. So all I see is a listing of cancellations. All the trains are being canceled. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding. This has got to be a joke. The one time I'm taking a New Jersey transit train... There's a strike, although Joe Messina told me that this happens every Friday night in the summer. Nobody wants to come to work. So I don't know what was going on. I asked a cop. He said they're striking. It's illegal. But, you know, even if it's illegal, you can still strike. If something happened, I don't know. I looked it up online and I didn't even think to look up something like that before I left. I it didn't even occur to me. I think when you travel every day by train, you probably check. But anyway, I'm like, now what do I do? What do I do? I, I'm, I'm panicking. I'm like, well, how can I get to Jersey or somehow? I Should I go get my car? No, that'll take me a long time to get it. I mean, I still got five, like five hours to get, four hours to get there. You know, I was definitely leaving early enough. The show starts at nine. If I got there at 845, it's still going to be fine. So I got time. It's just, ugh, you know, how do I work it out? So I'm just picturing I got to walk up to my car. I got They got a battery started. You know, I'm sure it could work, but I was just panicking. 
And then I'm talking to Marina and Lois, and they're like, well, we could come get you. And I'm like, nah, you're already, they're already in Jersey by now. They're over the George Washington Bridge, but they're coming down, and there's a lot of traffic. And I'm like, maybe if I could just get to Jersey. So finally, there's a train that's taking people to Jersey. The train, I was going to say, I'll go to Metro Park, like around where I grew up. And I tried to explain that to them, but this Lois is a, a genuine idiot and just couldn't figure it out. I'm like, you just put it on your map quest but they were using marina's phone which was annoying because she said stop texting and i'm like well i gotta tell you what's happening i don't know why she doesn't have a jeep who the hell doesn't have a gps and this i mean i just used my phone what the hell anyway i thought that'd be easier for her because it's right before the garden state parkway which we have to take to the shore but anyway i worked out where i got off at newark airport the train was completely packed i was planning on napping on the train that was my big plan because I woke up so early and I'm not used to doing a full day of work. And I was completely going to work on the train or sleep on the train, but I couldn't. It was packed and there was no air conditioning and there was all this panic from everybody. I got off at Newark Airport. And then I said, you can pick me up at the parking garage at Newark Airport. So, of course, they don't take the tickets. I paid for tickets like sixteen fifty to go out there. And then I have to take a the Newark Air Train to get to the parking lot. It's not like the train leaves you off where somebody could pick you up. So then I had to activate the ticket, which I could have saved, you know, for another time because they didn't collect it to get to the thing. But then my Asbury Park one doesn't work. And I'm like, what the fuck? I activated the ticket. And like, no, you have to get another one. You have to pay an extra $9 to go one stop in this air train. How angry am I right now that they're not like just letting people figure this out since your train system stinks I was getting upset George's getting upset so I take the thing to the parking garage and Lois and Marina actually get there I don't even know seriously how they got there because I don't even know if a GPS works but I found them and then we went back and it was amazing and I felt horribly guilty because the the opener should not be the problematic you know so I felt bad Marina didn't seem to care but, boy, if it was me and I was picking up my opener, I mean, I know we're friends, so it's different. But if I was picking up the opener like this, I, I would just say, let him, whatever, we don't need one. I, I would definitely be like that. But I guess if it was a friend of mine, like Alon, I'd try and pick him up. You know, what are you going to do? So, anyway, everything was fine, and we went down there, and she's like, Dave, it's a good thing we picked you up because it looks like you broke up the traffic, and then there was no traffic whatsoever. It couldn't have been easier. It was unbelievable. And we got there in plenty of time. I just can't believe after that, uh, the drama that it all worked out. And I'll also tell you on Friday, oh, Friday at, the, at work, the, the menu, it was supposed to be uh, burgers and like a veggie burger. And I'm like, oh, what, are they just phone it in on Fridays? What the hell is this? What happened to the veal scallopini and sea bass? And they're like, yeah, a lot of people don't come to work on Fridays. I'm like, yeah, you can't just phone it in, though. Which <laughs> I'm already complaining, which I love. Isn't it funny? I'm complaining on my third day. Uh, but And then they, for some reason, changed it to pulled pork. But I didn't have that. Again, I was nervous, so I just had like a chicken sandwich. But I keep getting a salad every day, which I think is going to pay off later. And then that the girl and I, we sat and uh, had a nice lunch together. Yeah, we, we ate lunch together, and then we were working upstairs. It was, uh, it was quite delightful. I got to say, having a lunch companion so soon is very nice. But again, I can watch TV on my phone if I don't have a lunch companion, you know? So... Lunches aren't going to be an issue because I tell you that always would bother me. Lunches, you know, where do you go for lunch? And when I worked at that 
other place in Midtown, it was you, you can't just go sit somewhere by yourself. You can, but it's like weird and so crowded and everything was awful. That's why I liked going to Tommy Bahamas on Tuesday at five o'clock because then everybody was gone and I could sit at the bar by myself. It was perfect. But now I have a, so this is not too bad. Anyway, we get to the show. We, well, we're heading to the show. We're heading to Asbury Park. Now I told this girl, Lois, I said, oh, you know what? I'm going to give you a piece of advice because I didn't think I was going to be in the car with them. Asbury Park is a mess to park. Even though they have the word park in their city name, Asbury Park is a horrible place to park. And you have to download an app called the Asbury Park Parking app. Or is it called Asbury Park app? Huh. I don't know. I said uh, download, but she never downloaded it. I go, well, don't worry. I have it on my phone. And then I don't know what Marina was doing. She was texting the guy at the club. She goes, oh, they, they actually, while we were having this conversation, she says, oh, they have a space ready for us. They have a space for us. And I'm like, they do? Why didn't you mention that before? I don't know. It was really bothering me. Like, why didn't you mention that before? While we were having this conversation, like, I don't know. So they, uh, we get there, and she's texting the guy, and the guy's waiting for us. They have a cone. And we pull right into the space. And I'm like, well, that's, that's fantastic. That's the way it should be. And we get out of the car, and we're, like, beautiful. And then we go to, like, this little river area. We took some photos. You'll see. And then we go inside, and, uh, and you know, they're going to order food, which, of course, I hate, but I love. Like, I want to order food, but I can't. I'm not ordering food before I go on. I don't know who does that. Well, I guess Marina does that and everybody else I know, but I can't do it. And I want to because the menu's amazing. The beer, it's like German food, but still, that's pretty good, too, as long as you have nowhere to go afterwards. That's the way I have to see it. And then Marina's like, oh, let's eat outside upstairs. And they take us downstairs, but everybody's there for the show. And we're just sitting there eating on a bench where everybody's facing our backs while we're eating. I'm like, are you sure you want to eat here? Doesn't it ruin the illusion? You're just sitting there for the show and they're, hey, there's Marina Franklin. She's eating. It was really weird. But it was such a picture perfect day. Like, it was humid at first and windy, and I was really uptight about my hair. But then the wind stopped and the humidity came down. It was a picture-perfect night at the Jersey Shore for performing outside. Picture-perfect, just like last year in May when I did that outdoor show at Westside Comedy Club. Boy, there's no way you can predict it, but if you could, that is exactly the reason you have an outdoor show. Picture-perfect day. So we finish up, and... Um, you know, they make an announcement that, you know, no cameras, no anything like that. But he makes like 20 minutes in advance. I don't know why. So it's supposed to start at nine, but they start like early for some reason. I, I don't I don't know what I don't think they knew what was happening over there. This was only their second show they've done there. And they seemed a little discoordinated. So I just go up, you know, cold and be like, hey, you doing it. And I just start just start going. I think I did. My friend Dave Elliott was there. And, you know, he said I did good. And I think he would definitely tell me if uh, it wasn't that good. And, and he said I did good. And I thought I did pretty good, too. I was very confident. And I only had to do 10 minutes. And I was prepared. And I practiced uh, a lot that week because I didn't want to let Marina down. And I was practiced for whatever she said. I didn't want to ask her how much time. I just wanted to be a professional. If she tells me to do 10, I had 10 ready. If she tells me to do 15, I got 15 ready. And everything went fine. Even though it was great because... There was a security guy right at the left of the stage who stood and just stood at the crowd the whole time, which is, uh, I guess, what you do these days. And it certainly makes you feel very confident. Uh, but he was laughing. So that's the best. You know, when you get the security guard to laugh, that's when you know it's, it's happening, <laughs> you know. 
So I was having a really good time. And then, of course, I introduced Marina. But Marina's always got to change her mic because she's afraid of COVID. And that always kind of breaks up the monotony. But she gets going again, of course. And I thought her microphone wasn't loud enough and people weren't. So I'm very loud. And that I feel that keeps people's attention. But she was very soft-spoken. And I just felt the sound wasn't good enough. So her laughs were sporadic. Because I, I really feel like I was struggling to listen to her. So, but I was on the side, and it's possible the speakers weren't headed towards me. So I don't know. I don't know. But uh, people loved her, and everybody had a good time, and it was super fun. And like I said, the weather was just so perfect. And then this guy came over, and he got me a beer. And he, he, he's like, I'm like, can I get a beer? He's like, what kind do you want? I'm like, I don't know. You know, whatever you say, I just don't like wheat beer because it's a German place. I have to say that. He goes, I like amber beer. He goes, I have the perfect one. It's a Belgium amber. You're going to like it. And, uh, yeah, I had a pint of beer. It was it was great. Like a big, you know, German glass of beer. It was fantastic. My after show beer. Because I was kind of hoping those girls would want to hang out, you know, have a, like have a drink with some of the people. That's Jeff Ross. I keep forgetting. They always just want to go home. And I just like hanging out and having a drink afterwards, you know, because, you know, to me, it's not a job. It's a hobby. So, you know, then it's fun. But for Marina, it's a job. So and she's not she doesn't hang out with people. I mean. Think about um, the time uh, we were to, when I opened for at the cellar. She had people come in that worship her podcast, and she made me hang out with them. I mean, she, they were so nice; like they came in from Denver to see her. And she's like, "Jessica, you, you don't mind hanging out with them, do you?" I'm like, "Nah, I don't mind," because I, uh, you know, I just like hanging out after the after I performed. I feel like a million bucks. I can't wait to, you know, party. But again, that's the difference between me and a, a professional comedian. So we had a really good time. Then we were going downstairs. And I really wanted to hang out with Dave at least for one more beer. But what are you going to do? I had to drive back with him. Quite frankly, I would have said, you guys go without me. I'll take the train home. But all the trains stopped at 7 o'clock because of the stupid strike. Or whatever it was. I didn't even look it up. I didn't even hear anything about it on the news. But I haven't been able to watch the news anymore because I usually watch it at 7 o'clock in the morning. I'm already gone by then. Hello. So we go downstairs with Dave Elliott and Lois and Marina and... Marina's kid sister, who is adorable, she's so funny. She's like a really good photographer. Her name's Ashley, and she was so cool. She's really cool. We were sitting in the back of the car together the whole time, and she was really nice. I'd never met her before, and she's uh, much younger. And so we get downstairs, and we get to Lois's car, and I say, there's a ticket on the Is that a ticket? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, it is. And I'm like, well, how the fuck did we get a ticket? And Lois starts going crazy. And starts ripping me, a new asshole. I know Dave Elliott's listening to this podcast. He was there. He saw the whole thing. She goes, I asked you about that app. And you said that I didn't. I'm like, what are you talking about? We said they told us we got a parking space. Why would I ever think we needed to pay for it? Why would I ever think that the club, the headliner has to pay for parking? Never even came up. It's not like Lois said, Dave, are you sure we can park here for free? That was never discussed. They said, we have a parking space for you. Why would I ever think I had to pay for it? Which would have been my pleasure for $2 to pay for stupid parking, even for $10. Who would have cared? Nobody told us. The manager never told Like, the manager never said, oh, by the way, did you pay for parking? You know, inform people. So she's got to, she's screaming at me. She's screaming at me. And then she takes away, here's your fucking scones, you son of a bitch, you lamey bastard. Take your goddamn scones and shove them up your ass. And you know, the ticket's like probably 
it's 25 bucks and she's screaming and Elliot was there and he just walked away like we were still going to talk and say goodbye and he's like I better get out of here because it was going because it was crazy and the guy who was helping us was no help whatsoever he should have just said oh we'll get that because of course we know the club is going to pick it up there's no panic but Lois went insane insane like it was my fault because I had the app which clearly she could have downloaded and paid like oh I'm a little worried uh, maybe I should uh, pay for parking anyway, but she's just blaming it on me and screaming at me. And normally I will take responsibility, but this time it clearly wasn't my fault. So I'm kind of laughing at her and I'm like, it's Marina's fault. Look at her. She's just, uh, she's playing us. Don't you see? And I was kidding. And then we get in the car and Lois is still yelling at me. And I just, I'm like, how is this my fault? And Marina's like, stop. I don't want to hear it. And, uh, you know, again, she's my boss that day. So I say, okay. Then, but then Lois just keeps saying, Dave, I want an apology from you. I want an apology. And, um, I'm, and I'm just keeping silent. And me and uh, Marina's sister are laughing because I'm like, I'm sorry. Marina said I'm not allowed to discuss it anymore. And she just won't let it drop. And, and again, I don't know how it's my fault. And quite frankly, I, I'm not sure why Marina wasn't sticking up for me. And it was also by the time we pulled out of the parking lot, taken care of. Marina talked to the manager. He goes, yeah, we'll take care of the ticket. Don't worry. I mean, there was no issue. She goes, but I already got a ticket today for not going to my therapist on time. And they ticketed me $25 for not showing up. And we're like, what the fuck is she talking about? But how funny is it that she threw scones at me? She threw scones at me. If you are a listener of the Billy Joel podcast, how hilarious is that? Here's your fucking scones. You're at and I didn't want the scones. I never asked for the scones. I don't want her stupid scones. Dave, I bought your scones. Here they are. Here they are, you bastard. Oh, Dennis, will you take Dr. Thorndike to his room, please? Anything I can get you, sir? Yes, please. I'd like a newspaper. Gotcha. Get you one and meet you at the elevators. Please don't forget, it's rather important. All right. All right, already. Here you go. Thank you very much. Thank you. Anything else I can get you, sir? Oh, yes, my newspaper. What happened to my newspaper? Oh, the newsstand didn't have any. I didn't feel like running around a corner. It's a hassle. I want that newspaper. It's very important. All right, I'll get your paper. I'll get your paper. Don't forget. All right, all right. What's so important about a lousy, crummy newspaper? Oh, Dennis, Dr. Thorndike in room 1702 just called down to remind you not to... I know! Get the newspaper! Get the newspaper! Get the stinking newspaper! <laughs> would have been the only thing that would have made it better if she took the scones out of the bag and started chucking them at me she just threw the them in a paper bag in my face and meanwhile uh, on, a, on a different note i just ate one of them uh, today before i went in the air and they were delicious <laughs> but that's not the point of the story so then we're going home and she's really pissed and i'm just not talking to her which is making her even more angry and I'm like kind of making fun of her in the back and she's getting really upset. And she's like, maybe we'll just drop you at the train. I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> we don't give a shit. I can always find my way home. This is my town. So uh, she has to stop for gas and they stop at the new John Bon Jovi rest station, which of course I used in my act because it used to be called the Cheesequake Station. And I'm like, how excited are you guys for the new John Bon Jovi uh, rest stop area? <laughs> 
I think I said, oh, by the way, guys, if I die, please do not name a rest area after me. I'm just going to have that in my will. So she stops at the gas station and completely, she's such a horrible driver. She backs into one of the pumps and like our, our, you know, car almost blew up. I mean, she's so stupid. It was so, and, 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 and Marina told me later that her sister her, was la- like, what about when she drove, you know, we were texting at, that night later on. I'm like, what about when she almost drove into the pump and blew us up? And she goes, oh my God. My sister was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so she was a, such a mess. And then she goes, Dave, I can drive you home. And I'm like, nah, it's all right. I'm like, just drop me outside the Lincoln Tunnel. I'm fine. I'll find my way home. And so then she she doesn't go to the Lincoln Tunnel. She takes the George Washington Bridge. I'm like, no, she's doing that on purpose. I'm not going to say anything uh, because, you know, Marina lives up further away. But I have to get out at Marina's house. But Marina lives in Harlem. And I have to get out and find my own way home. Now, I, I'm still afraid of Harlem. Harlem's still, it's, listen, it's, it ain't great at nighttime. Maybe it's better in the day. Maybe it's built up a little bit, but it's still, there's still trouble there in a couple of blocks. So let me, she's like, let me just get you a lift. And I'm like, no, no, no. I, I want to take a city bike. I'll just take a city bike. I mean, you know, 10 blocks and I'll be good. And she's like, well, let me at least walk to you to the city bike. There were, I, and I definitely wanted an electric bike today. I didn't want any trouble. And I was also, the best part is they gave me my new laptop at work to take home because I'm working remotely Monday for the first time. So I, it's the first time I took a laptop home. It's the first time I ever carried a laptop in my bag. And, and I was telling them, wouldn't it be funny if I just, you know, lost the laptop because I'm not used to carrying a bag or anything the first day? And they're like, no, that would not be funny. I'm like, are you sure? So what would have been even funnier? I was actually hoping to get mugged in Harlem. I, I would just let them like, here, take this. Have a good time with it. They didn't believe me that I'd get robbed today. Uh, that would have been epic. Yeah, I got robbed. I was in Harlem. Well, what were you doing in Harlem? Oh, it's a long story. So I'm trying to get a city bike, right? I'm trying to get an electric one. So I get one, like right next, like the next block on Marina's house, I get one. And it sucks. It's not electric. Even though there's a bolt on it, it's not electric. That's my fault. I didn't notice. And uh, I so I tried to dock it on the next station I could, but all those docks were full. And the guy from City Bike was there. And I'm like, hey, this one's supposed to be electric. Is that the boat? He goes, yeah, it doesn't have the battery pack. I'm like, I know it doesn't have the battery pack. And he's like, well, you're going to have to find a station. I'm like, can you just take it and do something about it? You fucking freak. I got so angry at him. I'm like, yeah, thanks a lot, asshole. I'm stuck in Harlem with a fucking bad bike. You're going to fucking leave me here. I was so angry at that guy. Um, just cause it's the guy from city bike and he's just being a complete dick at like, you know, midnight in Harlem. I'm terrified. Man, it's probably, angry. he's like, look at this white guy making, you know, yelling at me. <laughs> I'm like, you're supposed to take care of me. I am a city bike subscriber. So I had to go back to the other station, dock that, get another, like what I thought was an electric bike that had a battery pack and, but it was a bum bike and it was so bad it couldn't. It would sometimes be electric, but then it wouldn't be, and then it just stopped being electric. I guess the battery power is off, so it was even more dangerous because it kept starting and stopping. And I, could, if I had to pass a car or something, it was just really bad. But I got to a certain point, and I found another rack, and I docked it. And I'm like, let me get another one. And there, all the batteries were missing because that is what happens in Harlem. They steal the battery packs off the city bikes. So even though it says there's a lot of electric bikes at this location, all the battery packs have been ripped out. 
And that's something I've noticed since I was a little boy. I remember we went to go visit relatives in Queens and somebody saw the battery out of our car. And that's in the 70s. I mean, when you go to bad neighborhoods, that's what they do. They steal the battery out of stuff. I don't even know what they do with it or how they sell it, but all the batteries on the city bikes were missing. So I'm like, this sucks. Then I almost started to cry because I just wanted to get out of Harlem, maybe even just go home already. This has been such a night. And then I'm also thinking to myself, it's also hilarious, but I really want to get on an electric bike and get out of this neighborhood. I am asking for trouble being in this neighborhood as racist or whatever this sounds like, too bad. Because that's the reputation up there. So I am nervous. I'm carrying a backpack, I'm carrying that new laptop. I'm panicked. What are you going to do? That's the way I feel. So finally, I keep looking and I'm like, should I just take a cab? But for some reason, I know once I get an electric bike, it'll be good. It was a beautiful night. I'm like, let me just do this. So then I find there's one on like 107th and uh, Lexington or Columbus or whatever it was. And I like went there and I found a really good, these new white bikes, which is hilarious to say after this rant, uh, these new white city bikes that are really good, powerful electric and work well. It was awesome. Like I finally got a, a really good bike and it was going so fast and it was perfect. And I said to Marina, how do you get home? And she goes, I go through the park. And I'm like, well, it's midnight. I don't want to go through the park. She's like, eh, I do it anyway. And I'm like, shit, I don't know. So I'm going down Central Park uh, West, Central Park West. But there's no bike lane except going up on Central Park West. So I'm kind of in the car lane, but it's really quiet. But there's a lot of bumps and stuff. And I'm like, this sucks. And so... I'm like, you know what? I'm thinking about turning in the park. I'm thinking about turning in the park. So I turned into the park around the 80s. Once I passed like my friend Lee and Laura's house, I'm like, I, I can't take it anymore. I'm going to go. I'm going to take a chance in the park at night. Even though I've said, if you're in the park at night, you know, you're an idiot. If something happens to you, it's on you. And so I put myself back into a situation that I just got out of. But the fucked up thing, first of all, I'm going down the park and all I'm thinking about is the movie Arthur. I got the theme running through my head. Closing down the town Wake up and it's still with you Even though you left your way across town Wondering to yourself Hey, what am I found? Did you get dropped between the moon and... Benjamin, how's the park? You know how I love the park? There's a park, Benjamin. There's a... Oh, God! Oh, God! I fell out of the goddamn car! I fell out of the goddamn car! So it was... That was... I mean, it was beautiful there. And it's not like it's dark and, you know, it's... I mean, as long as you're on the path and the bike, you know, I mean, the car... They used to have cars driving to the park, so it's very wide and open. They don't have cars anymore, but... And there were so many people in there, like walking. Not cycling. Walking around. There were people sitting on benches at midnight in Central Park. And I'm like, if anything happens to them, I'm going to laugh in their face. You got to be fucking kidding me. Now, I can see if you're hanging around maybe the one of the entrances or something, but if you're in the park at midnight, even though it's a beautiful night, and something happens to you, I mean, that's definitely on you. I don't think the police patrol that park. And there's people all over the place. I mean, it wasn't crowded. It was just, it was sporadic, but... If I was walking through there, I'd be terrified. And there's just people, bum, ba, dum, bum, like couples and stuff hanging on park bench. There were a couple people hanging on a park bench. It was right out of the Warriors. 
you know, where that woman cop is sitting there and she uh, she handcuffs James Remar. You know, they told him not to do it. It was Mercedes Rule. That's right. And she's uh, she handcuffs. Lady, you don't want to mess with me. It was just like that. It was really weird. That was the 70s when people didn't know any better and you just hang out in the park all night. But now people know better and bad things happen in the park overnight. And Why wouldn't they? That's where I'd go if I wanted to mug somebody. What are they going to do? There's no cameras. It's dark. It's perfect. I thought a whole bunch of gangs were going to come over and surround my bike. That's why I totally needed an electric one. I can't fool around. And what if guys were on other bikes? You're totally screwed. So I was completely nervous about that. But it was beautiful. But I was I was moving. I was like really moving because uh, the electric bike is terrific. And then I find, you know, and I just followed the path. And it's, it's tough because I get confused in Central Park of where I am. And I'm like, no, no, don't go out here. This is where I always get fooled. So I made it all the way around to where I need to go to 59th Street, which is the end of the park. But then trying to get out to the park was trouble. I had to go through all these little areas where I'm like, I'm not happy here. Something bad's going to happen. I was really nervous. It was such an, a dramatic trip. The whole night when I was thinking about the trip, I'm like, I can't get home. I mean, all these trips, it was just like planes, trains, and automobiles. It was just one day and where there was just nothing but trouble in trying to get home. Or trying to get somewhere. It was really odd. And then finally, I, yeah, I, I made it. Well, I made it to uh, 58th and Third, and I decided I'd stop there and go to McDonald's because, well, yeah, I, did, I needed to eat. I hadn't eaten anything. I know I had a pretzel at the place. I had a pretzel because I, I wanted to get something, and it sounded good, like a little soft pretzel with some mustard. And I wasn't that hungry, but I was like, you know. I'll just stop at McDonald's because I deserve it. And I got like the two cheeseburger meal and I took it home and it was delightful. I mean, you know, the two cheeseburger meal, who doesn't like that? But when I was home, boy, was I happy to be home. What a, what a, what a night. What a night. Oh, plus what happened uh, during that day when we were at the show, I'm supposed to go to see Mr. Saturday night again, as you know. On Saturday, I thought I was going Saturday night, as I told you, but Rachel messed up the times again, of course, and she goes, no, we're meeting at two in the afternoon. I'm like, I got plans. Now, normally, I'm never going to be able to go again to something at two in the afternoon, but I had one day, so I was able to switch around some stuff, and I was at two, but I thought it was at eight, so I thought I had time to sleep, and I had to get up early again, uh, do a podcast, and then uh, and then go to the show, so I was a little worried about falling asleep in the show, but I think I know how to handle it now with waking up early and doing stuff without falling asleep. I don't know. I'm working on it. I think it's a mindset. I don't know. I'd like to think that. I really don't know. Uh, yeah. How about that night, huh? I mean, that is crazy, man. It's some crazy, wacky stuff. And then last night, so then yesterday, I go to the play, and Rachel just makes things so much more complicated than they are. I don't know. So I'm just like, well, what time should I be there? I don't hear from you. know, I need to know in advance everything and i'm just like they're like we're gonna meet at 1 30 outside i'm like well i know they ain't coming at 1 30 nobody's coming at 1 30 we're talking about rachel her husband her sister and brother-in-law who i like very much and that's why they were like i was like i don't know if i can go they're like but they but they changed plans and got a babysitter because they want to see you and i'm like i know listen hey i know everybody wants to hang out with the cow but sometimes it doesn't happen what do you want me to tell you not everybody can get what they want it's like mick jagger always said <laughs> You can't always get what you want. But it all worked out. And, of course, I was excited to see if he was going to put my line in the show. He did not. 
I was waiting. I was sitting there with my hands, rubbing them together. Here it is. This is where it would be. This is where it would be. Nothing. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. But, they, you know, there wasn't a good point. I mean, they could have changed it, but he was like, why am I going to change it? Who cares? But I cared. And it's still a funny line. And then there was another part where it could have come in, but it didn't work out. So Rachel also had to take all these pictures. She, like, got the tickets for free for being, like, an influencer or something. So she's taking pictures and all this stuff, and they keep stopping her. And I'm like, I don't understand. Who told you to do this? I thought the show told you to do this. They gave you free tickets. Why don't, how come the people don't seem to get it? I don't know. It was really weird. Anyway, I saw the show again. The first act is very good, very entertaining. The second act, I didn't need to see again because it slows up. Again, the people that sing songs shouldn't be singing songs. They shouldn't give the wife more than one song. She shouldn't even have a song. These are all very bad singers, except for the daughter, which we played last week, who's still terrific. And she has two songs that, you know, really work where I get excited about. You know, it's just nothing better than hearing somebody with a great singing voice singing a snappy tune. It really is terrific. Or even a, you know, even a, 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 a dramatic one, you know, if somebody's got a great voice, which makes a difference in Sarah's play with this woman who's actually being replaced again because she's so terrific and needs to spread her wings and leave because she's, she's wonderful. I mean, that singing voice is great. What are you going to do? So, um, I'm, I mean, I'm still glad I saw it again because I really do like the comedy. You know, when he's doing stand-up in the character and performing at these places, it's really good and it makes me laugh out loud and I love it. Like Rachel was saying, like, oh my God, this is totally Just Gow's sense of humor and it is. And this is why I like my friend Mark Cohen at the Comedy Cellar in Vegas. I mean, it's the stuff that really makes me cackle. The old school comedy shit that that nobody has laughed at since 1955 uh <laughs> i am an old school person i like the history of comedy and it makes me laugh although i do like the new stuff too so i'm a well well-rounded in my comedy history anyway then she uh, rachel's like i thought you know i thought we were gonna have a whole night out and i guess maybe it's my fault too that i thought because she said we're getting a babysitter my brother-in-law's getting a babysitter so that to me says we're having a night out i i never thought you knew, i've never heard of people getting babysitters at two in the afternoon i don't have any kids so i don't know it never even occurred to me for a second that that was the ser- that was the story so then rachel's like oh let's go down to the cellar and i'm like i don't want to go to the cellar and her brother-in-law says, like, I don't, we don't want to go to the cellar. We got a babysitter, and he's new, and we're parked far away. And Ra- Because Rachel had a spot, we all had to go to the cellar. I was so furious. I definitely didn't want to go to the cellar. And, and it was also cold and windy. It was like a horrible night, which I don't understand how that happened. The temperature dropped like 30 degrees, and then I wish I would bought a jacket. And I'm like, no, that's ridiculous. Why would I need a jacket? It was perfect weather the last five days. You know, but it went down to like 50 degrees. So, and it was windy. So that was the problem. So she, oh, so this Rachel, she's trying to get us like, oh, we'll just take a lift down to And she's going, we're on 8th Avenue and it's going up. And that drives me insane. I'm like, this is already bothering me. And she gets this lift. It's like a tiny little Toyota and the guy won't take four people. And I'm like, of course he's not going to take four people. Why didn't you get us a big, I get a bigger car for myself. I'm like, why are you getting this tiny? What is the matter with you? How do you not know how to order an Uber for four? That she takes an Uber twice a day, maybe three times. You don't know how to order a large Uber. And when I take an Uber, I don't want to be in the back of like my own car or somebody's car that they got as a teenager. I want to be in a fucking SUV or a minivan or something, you know, something that's made for picking up people, 
Not like a car that my nephew has who decided to be an Uber driver. So I was like, dude, we're right at the subway. Let's just take the goddamn subway. And, you know, I put a lot of money on my card. So they were trying to get cars. I'm like, ah, I can can let everybody through. So then all of a sudden, uh, um, then I'm paying for everybody's Uber downtown, technically. I'm paying. All of a sudden, I'm paying for a place I don't want to go. Her sister-in-law doesn't want to go, but we're going because Rachel's got a spot. Again, if she had told us this was going to be the case in advance, they would have parked differently. Everybody had a good time. This is a problem that Rachel has. She's very confusing. And, you know, it's not like they don't have kids, too. She's like, well, we got to pick up Frank. And I'm like, yeah, they just just tell, let people know what you're doing. Anyway, we go to the cellar, and I the thought of having wings there was pretty good. And at 5 o'clock, you know, I can have wings there because... You know, nobody's coming around, so it's pretty good. I go in. First of all, I go, do you have any hand sanitizer? Like, no, we got rid of that. I'm like, you got rid of hand sanitizer? Who the fuck gets rid of hand sanitizer? At least have hand sanitizer. We're not asking you to wear a mask. You at least have hand sanitizer. This is the place that was checking people's vaccination cards well before you had to, well after you had to check people's vaccination cards, and they don't have any hand sanitizer. Are you kidding? That's pretty fucked up. Anyway. We go in and I see Liz and I see Val, so everything is fine. And, you know, we're just sitting and we're drinking and uh, having an okay time. And then everybody, you know, starts piling in because the night starts going. And I don't want to see anybody because I feel like I don't work there anymore and I'm just getting depressed. And, um, but I mean, you know, I do love everybody and it's great. So, but then it's the best is that they have to go see their babysitter. The, uh, the, they have to relieve the babysitter who's like 17 and it's the first time they're doing it. They, uh, Rachel's uh, brother and sister in law. And then uh, Rachel has to do her spot. So I'm just left there sitting by myself. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. She's like, well, you can leave if you want. I'll pay for everything. I'm like, I wasn't worried about the payment. I just like, what? this is how you leave me? Because P- Pete had to go get the kid. I'm like, well, Pete will be here soon. And I'm like, oh, you, you, you did it again to me, Costanza. You did it again. Oh. I mean, I don't mind hanging out by myself at the cellar, but it still was annoying. But then Pete came with the baby and uh, the kid, Frankie, and she's so cute that, you know, kind of made up for everything. She really is a cutie pie. That was all right. And my friend Steve came by because he was down the streets. Hey, I thought I heard you were going to be here. So that was all right. Uh, Oh, but I had the wings and I had macaroni and cheese because Rachel ordered macaroni and cheese, but she ordered it for Frankie and I ended up eating the whole thing. That was a mistake on the way home. Anyway... (laughs) I mean, I knew I was going home, so it wasn't a problem, but that definitely uh, caused some drama. Uh, there was no way I could walk home after. How about that? So anyway, then, uh, you know, Noam, the owner, comes, and we're talking, and he's like, come sit at the comics table. Uh, I want to get something to eat. So I go over and sit with him and SD, and SD and I are okay again. And uh, this girl, Jocelyn Chia, who's a comic, and, uh, you know, a couple other people. And Colin Quinn was there, so we were talking and everything, and it was fun. He was making fun. He's like... I should have known. Just Gals always got something going on. It's like, whatever. It's like, I'm not, I'm not surprised to see him anywhere. I'm not surprised anywhere. I was just in Salt Lake City, and if I had run into Just Gow, I would have said, this makes perfect sense to me. Even Noam was like, I heard you got a job. Like, everybody heard I got a job. So we were all wondering how you actually survived this long without working. I mean, I've never not worked all this time. And I'm like, hey, what do you want me to tell you? I'm, I'm glad everybody's so fascinated with the way I run my life. I told you, that's the way it is for me, right? I really am like the moan. People are fascinated. You know, we're sitting, we're having a good time. 
you know, technically, but I'm still trying to like figure out how I'm going to make my exit. And then um, my friend Tom Cattlebiano, Tom Cattlebiano, I can't pronounce his name. Tom Cattlebiano comes in. I know him really well, and he's oh, and if he's coming in, that means Ray Romano's coming in. So then Ray came. So then they were sitting at a table uh, to the left, and he said, and he comes in. He goes, "No, we're coming in with Ray. We're coming with Lauren Graham and somebody else." The Lauren Graham is uh, Lorelai from uh, Gilmore, from the Gilmore Girls, which I've watched every episode. Kind of wanted to see her and somebody else who I can't remember. Oh, Phil Rosenthal, that's right, who produced Every Rose Raymond now has his own Netflix special. So I think there was a premiere yesterday uh, or like a screening. And so everybody was there to celebrate Phil Rosenthal, who I'd never met before. And so um, on my way out, I go to the table where they all are and I say hello. I say hello to Ray. It's really great, right? <laughs> and then Tom is like, oh, this is Dave Juskow. He's a living legend in comedy. Everybody knows him. Uh, you know, and then Lauren Graham's like, hi, you know, and uh, and then they say, you know, I'm a friend of Mike Royce, who I got the job working on with Raymond. And then Phil Rosenthal was like, oh, well, it's very nice to meet you. And I'm like, yeah, I taught Mike Royce everything he knows. You're welcome. So it was I mean, that's right. And that's what I'm saying. So that little scenario where Ray's like, oh, Jessica, what's happening? You know. And then you're sitting there, and you're you're meeting all these. You're meeting this Lauren Graham for the first time. I've only seen on TV. And then you got to go back to your job, where you were a schnook, I, I believe is the word that Ray Liotta uses at the end of Goodfellas. A schnook. They have just a schnook. So you can see the juxtaposition is very difficult to to figure out in one's head, where I'm like, well. Yeah, I know all these people, and they all think I'm funny, and they all think I'm great, uh, but apparently I'm just not good enough. But of course, it's half my fault, too, so I know that. Well, what are you going to do? Anyway, I leave there, and then I figure I'm going to walk home, but then, you know, my stomach wasn't doing very well. But I walk. I walk through Washington Square Park, and I'm just walking, and I make it up to, I make it up to 26th and 3rd, and I'm like, you know what? Because I'm afraid to get in a taxi, because I'm afraid... Something's going to go wrong in the taxi. I always make it home, but, you know, nervous. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to have to get on a city bike again. So I'm looking for the electric. More problems. Uh, I have to go all the way to 29th and 2nd. That's where they said there was one. And uh, and as I go there, I'm walking with this guy. He's like in a suit. He looks good. His hair is like slicked back. And he gets the bike. I didn't know. I thought for sure there's no way that guy is taking the electric bike. But he did. So I had to go further. And I'm like, oh. And I went up to 31st and 2nd. And I found the good white electric bike. And just zipped right up to my house. It was fantastic. No problems. Yeah, I just needed to get home. And uh, I just made it. (laughs) And then felt like a million bucks. And then I think I sat down to watch TV and just uh, said, this isn't going to work, and I immediately went to bed. I think I went to bed at 10 o'clock, and I woke up at 9 o'clock this morning. Well, I woke up at like 6. When I wasn't really sleeping very well, but obviously I needed to sleep, and everything was good, and I was able to bring you this lively podcast today and tell you all my, my stories in my first day of work with a gig and a Broadway show all in one week. Whereas on Tuesday, I, only, I had nothing to tell you and just wrote last breakfast. And the weird part is, 
I left a whole bunch of stuff out from last week that I wanted to tell you about, which was my mom and Sarah Silverman running lines together on um, not like a FaceTime, like a WhatsApp. When she called my house, Sarah needed help with running lines and she called. And then it's just so funny to picture my mother and Sarah running lines together for the new uh, Leonard Bernstein uh, movie. <laughs> I forgot to tell you about that. I forgot to tell you about going to my friend uh, Mitch Silverberg's who now lives by my mom so I can go see him. And he's awesome. And he's actually one of those people. Like I told you about my friend Lee Maracas and Dave Elliott, who Sarah Silverman agrees is a regular guy who's just as funny as any comic. And she goes like, well, except Silverberg, he can still be considered uh, one of us, you know, or something. So he's still really funny, and I've known him since high school, and he's really great. So it was really great that we uh, we just hung out in his backyard and had a beer, and you know, it was great to see him because we've uh, had a lot of adventures together uh, over the years. You know, he he was the one that owned that uh, club where we used to hang out. In fact, he was the one that owned the club which stems from my clueless uh, class I'm going to be teaching where I got him one of the illegal cable boxes too. And me, him and his wife just were running the clueless lines at the club that night. It could have even been a Saturday night live party because we knew the movie backwards and forwards from having it running on the pay-per-view every hour on the hour. So uh, I think about that all the time. We've known each other for a long time and it's great. I love seeing him. And then I also wanted to tell you, uh, maybe I'll save it for next week, but, Dara, Gilbert's uh, widow, ugh, sent me Gilbert's set list. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll do that next week because I'll read it for you, but I'll obviously show it to you on the bonus show. His, his two-page set list, she gave it to Jeff Ross. I told her she should have framed it and given it to him. Uh, that, that was his material for the last 30 years. Just one-word things that you, know, that you know. That's the way comics work. You need, just need to put on the one trigger word, and that's how you remember the bits. You can't obviously write them down. I mean, you can write them down, but you can't. You, you just need the memorization of, you know, where they come from. That's what I carry in my pocket. I usually remember the joke. And the one other thing I wanted to tell you is I was telling you about The Shining, the masterpiece of modern horror, and that idiot Frank Barrage who wore the jacket and got so much shit for it from everybody and used to get beaten up, uh, you know, uh, hourly for wearing that jacket. Also... <laughs> it reminded me when I finished the um, show when I was showing it to you, the, the bonus show, that he also used to have a Doctor Who scarf, which looks like a Harry Potter scarf. And he had this Doctor Who from, I guess, the Tom Baker years of Doctor Who. You wouldn't know what that is, but there's been like 13 Doctor Who's, and the most, the most famous one is this guy Tom Baker in the 80s. And he used to have this scarf. And Frank Barish had the scarf, and he would wear that stupid scarf all the time, and we'd make fun of that too. I don't know why. We just, I guess we were all bullies. You're going to wear something stupid, then you look like an idiot, and that's what you get, right? I, I, I got all that shit when I was wearing all my Miami Dolphins gear. That's what you get. You can choose to not wear it or wear it, and he chose to wear it. He didn't give a shit. But the best was at some, I guess we were all in a, a play together, and the best is at a cast party when they used to have you know, hard drinking cast parties for underage kids and nobody cared because people weren't as uptight. We were all drinking at a cast party. We we're all, I guess, 15, 16, 17. And somebody drank. And uh, I don't think Frank was drinking, but a girl completely threw up on his scarf. Oh, that's why he was in the bathroom 
and this girl couldn't wait, and she threw up on the scarf. I'll ne- I can't believe I forgot about that. It's classic. It was just like in Seinfeld where Kramer throws up on the girl from NBC. It's the exact same scenario. So she totally threw up on the scarf, and boy, was that hilarious. We all hated that scarf anyway, and why he would be wearing that to a cast party in June would definitely tell you you're an idiot, and to throw up on it is the ultimate uh, of insults. Uh, So that was hilarious, and obviously it did stick with me. It just took me a while to remember it. But another classic Frank Barish story. (laughs) and I remember wanting to bring that to you, but I had forgotten because we have so much to get through. So all that being said, I guess that's it for this week. I think I've told you everything you need to know about the world of Dave Juskow and Juskow in the city, and they were definitely good city stories, and we were doing planes, trains, and automobiles, We and this time we have a story we're going to Harlem. A lot of times it's like, well, he always tells us about Midtown and Tribeca and all that, but a Harlem story? Come on, what's up? I think I took one picture up there because I, you know, I was terrified to bring my camera out. And again, if all of this sounds racist, it is. Yeah, I'm afraid of Harlem. But can you blame me? I think I told you the story in 1983 when I was working in Brooklyn and I was working. When I started doing comedy. There was this MC. His name was Jesse Kitten. I've told you the story before. And I used to drive him home sometimes. And we, and then he wanted to pick up weed beforehand. And um, he was like, my man, you are now in Harlem. I'm like, what? Because I didn't know. I just was driving him home. And he go, but and, and I wouldn't have even cared, except he goes, okay, make this light. Make this light. It's very important you make this light. So that make this light scared the hell out of me all the way to 2022. Can you blame me? Who the fuck wouldn't be scared? Why do I got to make this light? What happens if I don't make this light? So can you blame me? That's in my head. Yes, from 1983. Have things changed in Harlem? Of course they have. But this is what sticks in people's heads. It's not just me. Somebody tells you you're in an area where you got to make a light or something bad is going to happen. You're, oh, you're never, you're going to remember that for the rest of your life. Uh, just, um, just um, uh, just in, in, in speaking, what would have happened if? Uh, oh, dude, you don't want to know. I mean, he was still—he was a wonderful guy, and um, I haven't seen him in forty years. But he was my friend, and he brought me to Dangerfields the next night. I mean, he was a good friend, Jesse Kidd. I told you, I even had a picture of him on my wall in college because uh, I thought he was the coolest. So, anyway. So wonderful talking to you guys today. I'm glad I have this little outlet to talk to my friends uh, when I am, you know, working and doing stupid stuff that sucks, but then also doing the stuff that I know you're going to love because that's the thing. You have all these unbelievable things that you do sometimes. Well, where are you going to tell people, you know? I mean, uh, you know, it's like I'm like, well, who's going to care about this? You guys, thank God. So I can get it all out, move on, regroup, reset, Get set for next week's adventure, whatever that may be. Now that I leave the house again, there might be more adventures. I guess we'll find out. So that's another episode of Just Go of the City in the Books. I'll see you next week on June 28th. <laughs> again, so easy to remember the dates. Uh, next time on another episode, another exciting episode of Just Go in the City. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.